We're back with the master of Brazilian literature with Machado de Assis's Father Against Mother, something that is highly recommended in his repertoire in terms of short stories. Let's find out what this one means today. Are you the father or am I the mother? <laughs> I'm against you either way. Oh, okay, either way. <laughs> so let's put it this way. Uh, I, I think some people are like, you know, why write this story? I don't know, right? But something that comes to my mind, not everybody knows, Machado de Assis is part black, right? Like, I think it was like his grandparents were slaves. Like, they lived through the the abolition of slavery. And oh my gosh, I should have looked it up. I think it was 88. Don't quote me on that one. Uh, it was a little bit after America, right? A couple decades after, I think. But uh, they lived through it, right? So he gets to hear the stories. He gets to experience the racism the, and all that. And it starts out like, almost like as this this factoid thing of just like, here's devices that we literally invented for slavery, right? How did it land upon you jumping into this story where it almost starts kind of like a history book almost? I absolutely loved it. The, the historian in me was all giddy because I was like, Oh, I, I get this because they're the last ones to abolish slavery in the Western world in the new world. Um, one of the last in the entire planet that officially abolishes slavery. So it is something that is very relevant to modern history, to their culture, uh, heavy influences. I mean, if you think about the United States itself, it, it's only 180 so, you know, maybe 175 uh, years ago that we abolished slavery. That's like three generations. That's crazy. Now imagine it only being two generations ago that people were slaves, people were allowed to own other people, and the impact that had on their lives. And you could talk to your grandparents, and they'd be like, yeah, I was owned by somebody. That's huge, because that is more than a defining of someone's life. Uh, <laughs> you know, we always think about things that define our lives of marriage and children and death, but being literally owned by someone else what else could you say is a greater influence in your life than that? And this story, you know, I, I think hits on point of how important it was to the culture of, of how slavery influenced them still to this day, you know, in 2023. Yeah. So at the time of writing this, you know, it's literally a generation. So if we take a generation to be 20 to 30 years, I know it's kind of up in the air and some generations are longer than others. Um, you know, Machado, I, I think this came out in his 1906 book. Right, a generation removed, if you will, and he—he's—it's so fresh to your point on his mind that you know he starts out with the why would someone become a slave hunter, right? Something that is at this point in time considered morally apprehensible because at the time legal but still immoral, now illegal and immoral, right? And, and he says, you know, well, it's because of poverty, a need for money a lack of any other skills, pure chance, and occasionally the desire to be useful, at least to one of the parties, right? So <laughs> he's painting this picture of, it's kind of hard to say because transgressive literature, I don't know if I'd put this in that category, but it's it's flirting with some of the elements of it, right? Where we're meeting someone who is doing something that we consider, particularly now, so many generations removed, really morally apprehensible, Right. And we're starting to learn about them. We start to learn about some of his laziness and how some of his laziness is, well, he just 
he's just kind of given up on all these other jobs. He just can't hold a job. And well, at least he can do the slave hunting thing. And yeah, other people are moving in on it, but at least it brings in money. Like it's, it's kind of a weird feeling coming through his perspective in some regards. Yeah. So the strange thing of this is that you think about morality and a lot of times people equate to hard work to godliness, right? And this guy doesn't seem to want to put in the hard work. And that is evident in that he jumps from job to job to job. At least that's how I took it. And so this guy is far from, quote, godliness or mor morals. And so I think that hunting for another human being in many societies and cultures, and then in this one in particular, hunting for somebody is seen as immoral because they used to be owned by another person, i.e. the slaves. Uh, so I, I think we have, a you know, this morality versus almost religious aspect here in the story. Oh, for sure. Right. Because his wife, Clara, was like, she's like, well, what do we do for money? And they're just like, providence, right? God will provide. It's it's the way that sometimes there's these harsh realities that we have to figure out how to solve. Right? They're not going away in terms of, of how we spend money to live. But like, there's the way that they laugh to divert pain. There's the way that they say, well, God will provide because of belief in a divine guiding light in a sense, right? Like in some way, in the same way that perhaps, I don't think this was the point, but in the same way that, it's easy as a human to excuse behavior like slavery, right? So do we also excuse pain and suffering with either the divine or whether it be with uh, the laughter or, or the job needing to provide. Like there, there's ways that we come up with justifying harsh realities of life, I would say. Oh, for sure. I mean, Machado is, I think, one of the few people at the time there, there was such a lack of criticism of slavery, right? And he is finally, you know, calling this out. And uh, I, I think that, that that's kind of the point of the story is that we see this being portrayed in a very human way of that some people were evil, but some people were desperate. <laughs> but does desperation mean that it's okay? It, are, are you okay with somebody, you know, doing something so immoral because their need justifies the ends? And I think that that's something that, that he was trying to point out. Oh, yeah. I, I think so, too. Because when we talk about charity, uh, if we think about the landlord and even Aunt Monica, right, what does charity mean to these characters, right? Mm. Because the, the landlord is like, well... I've worked hard at my life. Why should I give others an easy time of it? And, and you see that with people that really value hard work, they expect others to be just as hardworking as them, right? And, and, and that's almost like the, the measuring stick is that by the sweat of their brow, they've provided, right? And then you have like Aunt Monica, who she, she provides for them. Like she gets the house and she works hard, I think, to help get them things and criticizes because I think she's concerned about the future. But at the same time, it's not free. You know, she's not 100% charity because there's a tally of like, well, you should really should be providing and, oh, you need to get rid of this. Like, there's some there's some type of like scorecard with her behind the scenes. But but they both represent like different forms of charity of what people do or don't deserve. And that ultimately leads to the final scene of charity when, you know, he's supposed to give up his child because he can't afford to feed it. Does he give charity to the, the slave woman that he's 
finally hunting after starving and, and everything's coming crashing down and he finds out she's pregnant, right? The yeah. ultimate question, do I give up my child uh, and suffer or do I make her give up her child and she suffers and she suffers and the child suffers as opposed to his situation, just his child would suffer. Uh, well, I guess he would suffer missing it too, but there's some, there's some mixture here that just, that it's hard to encapsulate all the, the feelings in, in a couple sentences, I would say. Well, it's a cruel dilemma, right? Because you're weighing the value of one life against another. And not only that, you're weighing innocence. Both these children are innocent. And he has to make a, a moral decision. And then does he pity this woman? Is it more important to him? No. Um how do, how does one choose? How, you know, it, it, I think it comes back to like we've talked about so many times before. Is it the one versus the many? How, and in, when in this case, it's two innocent children. You're always going to pick the one I think that is closest to you, and that's human nature. You're going to pick the one that is your family, your blood, or the one you love. And I guess is that wrong? Is he wrong? Like I, I'm mad, but I'm not mad at him. I'm mad at the situation, and I think that's what um, Deasis is trying maybe to to point out here is that people can be morally wrong, but because of their circumstances, and it isn't their choice. They didn't choose to be born into this. Uh, he is making the choices of maybe to be lazy, but he isn't making the choice of this woman to be pregnant. He didn't make the choice of slavery. That's not his fault. So where do we go from here? And I think it's a learning lesson of how does the country move forward past this atrocity that has been forced upon all of society? Well, see, I think I think that's part of like the magic and trick of the story too. trick. It's not meant to be like, oh, like you got fooled, but it's almost like at this point, especially when he's like walking with his son, giving him kisses, like you see that he cares for the child that. There's almost like a 180, like, like something just got pulled out from underneath my legs, right? Because I should not like this somewhat lazy is not the right word, but he's not, you know, a go-getter and he's not exactly in a morally straight job, which, you know, you're looking at this a generation removed where we know that it was immoral at this point, right? Like, like this has come to light, even though some people knew it and kind of like, hit it and went along with it because it was convenient to our earlier point. We know that, that this is bad now, right? And it's almost that transgressive trick where now we're almost starting to feel for him a little bit. Like, like oh, he's going to miss his son. Oh, he does care about him. And I'm just like, oh, man, but I feel like Machado just like pulled the, like the, the, the sheet out from underneath my legs here with that one because now I actually am kind of rooting for the bad guy in some regards. So it's like it's a very interesting and complex story because the way I think – in the beginning, this could have been painted so much worse because because it's very factual in the beginning with the history of we invented these tools for slavery. This is a job that's lazy and it, it, people fall into it essentially because they don't have another form of life. There's a little bit more judgment there, but it's still presented in a very flat way for the most part that this could have been so much more charged. But I think if it was, that takes out a lot more of like the interesting tricks about who do we care for? Who do we provide charity for? And who do we have empathy for? Because if this is coming down to a utilitarian problem and the, the personal connection is going to influence that, well, that's like 
80% of movies out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you hit the nail on the head of we fall into this, right? Men and women have the luck to be born free. Well, it's one of those things that like, there's like a line in there where he talks about how he wants to change, but he's not going to, you know what I mean? And, and man, that how many times do we have like these addictions in terms of like, I don't know, you could take something physical like smoking or, or even just people who are addicted to like, I don't know, OF accounts and stuff like that. Like you have people that are like, mm, I really shouldn't be doing this, but then they keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to give up some things for pleasure, for comfort. And I think that's what this story depicts very well is like this, this inertia of going along with things and it's kind of hard to stop and stick up for things in some regards, too. Yeah, agreed. Like, when does it come to the point that you're self-serving over your family? You're making the choice because you are selfish rather than you're doing it, you know, for that omnipotent reason of you you love something more than you love yourself. And that that's a hard choice to make. And I think that that's a, the conundrum of the story is you have to think yourself and I, I I was torn of who is he making this choice for himself or his child or for the slave and her child mm, that's a really good question that's a really good question let us know what your thoughts are of that in the comments down below was he really just being selfish or did he really think it was the right thing to do great question I'm gonna leave a link to some Machado de Assis playlist stuff down below where you can see your other talks on other short stories let us know what other short story we should cover of his next Looking forward to reading more from him. My name's been Una. Peace. Peace.